Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. The way I think of computer science is what I can imagine mentally I can build physically. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hi, my name is Christina Costa, and I'm an independent tech and business journalist for over 10 years. And I like to listen to the Woman in Tech podcast because it resumes very well trends in technology uh, in different areas where women have pie played maybe uh, sometimes in media in general underscored role and it highlights the importance of women in these areas and it gives a great overview about trends which might come up in the future and it's interesting in this moment where we all are mainly connected with devices so thank you and stay safe and healthy if you too want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. We would not be able to support and celebrate women in tech around the world if it weren't for you. Thank you so much for being a listener and a fan of the show. To contribute and donate, simply go to womenintech.fm on the upper right-hand side and click Donate, which empowers us to continue celebrating women in tech around the world. Thank you for being a part of our journey. Command Line Heroes is an original, highly produced, award-winning podcast about the people who transform technology from the command line up, presented by Red Hat. And this is not a technical show. This is a show anyone can enjoy, featuring experts from across the industry. Season four is airing now, so subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and stick around to the end of the show to hear a sneak preview of the brand new season. I've been thinking a lot about what is the main legacy I have within all my brands. I don't really like the term legacy because it's not really, you know, how I look at the world, but it's hard to describe it. It's like, what is that thing that I stand for? And the closest word I can come to describe that is legacy, right? I think it's so important to me and maybe it's important to you too, to, as I go day to day to really stand for something. Sorry, by the way, if I have a whispery voice, it's like one in the morning over here and I'm just powering through, getting things done. I'm going to go to sleep soon. It's important to be healthy. But lately I've just been thinking about like all the different aspects I, you know, I'm involved in and you're involved in. We have Instagram and TikTok and blogs and websites and products and teams. And, you know, what is the basis, the, the thing that interweaves its way through everything that we do, right? 
And for me, it's creating mutually beneficial relationships for others, whether it's on Instagram, connecting people to one another, or it's connecting someone in an email or via this podcast, you're going to listen to this episode and hear someone awesome and connect with them. So for me, it's just like this puzzle piece of humans and how to put them together in the most meaningful way, like an art project. (laughs) Anyway, I think it's important to me, even though this term legacy isn't something that the word it doesn't really sit well with me. I think um, it's the closest I could get. What word would you give? To, I mean, maybe I'm overthinking it. Reach out to me. Uh, speaking of connecting, reach out to me on on Twitter and Instagram at Esprit Devora. Let me know what word you would use. All right. Enjoy the next episode. Bye. women in tech around the world. We are over a hundred countries strong. So exciting. And I love that I get to be here in Toronto, Canada with an incredible fintech company called NanoPay. And we have our next guest. Hello. Hey, how's it going? It is going. I'm so happy to be here. Why don't you go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do? All right. So who am I? My name is Anna. Um, I work as a software engineer here. So yeah, I graduated from computer science about two years ago. And then I got this job and I started working and I love it to be honest with you I I very much appreciate being able to build something mentally and then also being able to implement it into a physical reality through engineering an application through development work I went back to school actually when I was 28 so this is actually I would say maybe my second maybe even my third career So I am very happy and I think I found what I wanted to do. There is so much I am hyped to get into. Mm. I'm trying to think about where I want to start because there's so many different angles that I'm just so excited to ask you about. Let's start with the first one because it's it's really unique. You said this is pretty much your third career and that you went back to school at 28. Can you give us some background story on that particular portion of your life and what careers you had and what it meant to go back to school at 28, what you were thinking and why? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, I would say I originally started in uh, customer service, and I took um, some retail jobs, some telemarketing jobs. I to be clear, earlier in your career, you started. Much, yeah, 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 yeah. So this is uh, actually when I graduated high school. I wasn't certain I wanted to go to university. I didn't think it was necessary to have a degree. Had um, you had any education in tech at that point? No. Okay. No. And being currently 34, when I was in high school, we had pagers. So we didn't have, you know, computer science classes or anything along those lines. So my first computer was when I went to university for the first time. I think it was like a 500 megabyte hard drive. Uh, It's a small little laptop. It was it was different. It was very different times. But um, it's interesting how life changes and how technology is adapted to meet our personal needs. But Wait, did having that first computer spark your interest in technology? Is that what sparked it? Or was no. there something else? Okay, no, tell no. me, tell me. So I would say actually my first interest in technology, well, even computer science or being um, a developer, was actually the movie Hackers with Angie. Dope. Yeah. (laughs) That's a dope answer. (laughs) That was a great movie. It showed like regular people, like almost anonymously, being able to have control over their reality. And, you know, technology kind of gave access to that. It gave you an ability to change your world from a digital standpoint, right. like it's, 
you know, it's not about like doing your hair. It's not about, you know, what you wear. It was about how smart you were and almost about how well you can implement what it is that you wanted. So that was, I thought was really cool. How did your life transform from watching hackers to becoming one? <laughs> not saying you're a hacker, but you get the, you get the concept. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I guess you hack away. I mean, not every, okay. So the term hackers, mm. let's just share with everybody. The term hackers does have a negative connotation as like the dark web to society thing in general, mm. but actually hacking is a, is not necessarily negative. It's, it's not negative at all. It just means hacking away at code. Mm-hmm. There are hackathons. There it, are. The are word there. just has a bad rep. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. It, it really does. Because actually in the development world, I believe it was white hat and mm-hmm. uh, black hat yeah. hackers. And basically you have a concept within any corporation where you want someone to be able to try to break the code. And that's almost like a form of uh, quality assurance. Mm-hmm. Because if they're able to break it, then you know where your vulnerabilities are. Right. So it's actually a good thing. But then you have malicious people and malicious ideas. Right. And those are kind of the hackers that society knows as a totally. hacker. But there's different terminologies. There's different concepts behind all of them. And I think people are good and bad. Totally. And it's kind of like saying, that's sick is a good thing. And you're sick is like... You have an illness. <laughs> like, there's always different connotations for everything. So, okay, how did you go from watching the movie Hackers to becoming a hacker yourself? <laughs> so the story even gets even more interesting because after customer service and doing some random positions, I ended up finding that I wanted to go back to school. I wanted to have that degree because it almost seemed like it was a status within society to have an education. Right. I had no idea what I wanted to do at this point, but my father was an accountant and he comes up with the idea. He's like, hey, if you you study accounting, you can take over my business. And I'm like, sure, let's do that. So mm-hmm. I went to York University and studied accounting by the third year. No, sorry, is York in Canada? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Where did you grow up? Here in Toronto? Pretty much, okay. yeah. Yeah, different cities, but pretty much like all within the GTA. So York University was uh, Markham, Thornhill area. So, okay, so, I went so to your accounting. dad is like, you could be an accountant. And, yeah. and you're like, sweet. Yeah, is that yeah, career? Yeah. No, no, that's career number two. Yes, yes. Yeah. Because career number one is customer service, yes. like out of high school. Yeah. And so accounting is career number two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, see, it's kind of like two, three. Okay. okay. Well, anyway. Yes. Two so B, by, two A. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So by year three, I'm going crazy. I'm, I'm, I hate it. I hate it. I the hate accounting. It. I hate accounting. Yeah. I can't stand it. I, Which is interesting because engineering is math and accounting is math. Yeah. So it wasn't the math that bothered me. It was the concept of business by itself that was kind of like the bottom line of any business is to be profitable. Right. And then so we have these courses called uh, CSR, which was the Corporate Social Responsibility. We've got um, courses in marketing. And all of these things almost seem morally questionable. Right. Like, for example, one of our marketing cases was about a pharmaceutical company who created a drug which was useless but they had spent millions of dollars investing in this research and they ended up needing to sell it. So they end up convincing farmers all over the world that they needed this medication in their cows. Oh my God. And it was just like this. I, I My don't. Pisces heart can't handle things like this. 
<laughs> well, exactly. And imagine going to school and trying to, you know, accounting was supposed to be the language of business. Yeah. And so it's not the numbers. It was kind of like a, a concept of business within our society. And I, I was going crazy. Like, it just didn't sit well with me. Right. So I ended up um, having a friend at the time who was a tattoo artist. Right. And so I had some money saved up from working, like, odd jobs here and there. And... Uh, well, I dropped out of school. And you um, became a tattoo artist. No, just kidding. I oh, did you? I moved to Barrie and we opened up a tattoo shop. Stop. <laughs> okay, keep going. This is so cool. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, so for Your the, journey to become a software engineer is epic. Okay. It's, it's a story. It's a story. <laughs> so yeah, we moved to Barrie. I opened up a tattoo shop. It was the both of us. And um, you know, it was great. It was great. And actually, to be honest with you, the tattoo shop is still open. They're still running it. Stop, really? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I sold it uh, to him and uh, another, a new business partner, 2016, I believe. Just a few years ago. Yeah. So 2013 okay. is actually when I went back to school. And there was no code yet in the tattoo days. Uh, no. So I built the website. But you weren't an engineer yet. Yeah. Okay. No. You were dabbling with yeah. with WordPress. What did you build it with? WordPress, Squarespace, um, Wix? What you see is what you get web builder. So it was... <laughs> I've never even heard of it. It was... Um, what can I say? It was kind of like a drag and drop. It was very much, from what I understand, close to Wix. Is it like literally called what you see is what you get? Yeah. It's Did an it acronym. look okay? I thought it looked good. But, you know, oh I, I didn't really understand when it gave you like little segments to put in JS code. I was just like, I don't know what this does. I end up playing with it a little bit. I end up making it... Um, You know what? To be honest with you, for a tattoo shop, it's really just displaying pictures. Right. And like the artist, your time. So it wasn't yeah. anything complicated complicated or even very much that interesting. You know, Barry also being a small town, most of our clients were like well known and they brought in their friends. So yeah. It was great. Like it was That's just, it was, it was a lot of fun. I liked being around art. Wait, why did you decide to leave the tattoo shop if you liked it? Mm. Okay. Well, for two reasons. One, me and my business partner, we're still friends. Yeah. But we didn't get along in a business setting. Totally understand. You know, when you want green walls and he wants orange walls. Yeah. And you you both agreed to have like 50-50 say. Yeah. Just like, well, who wins now? Yeah, I'm I'm very lucky that all my business partners and I have... It's hard to have a... I'm very lucky that I haven't had that. Mm. But it is more common to experience what you experience. Mm. And it's even more common for it to be awful. So mm. you're lucky that you guys are still friends. Mm. And so that's, but yes, it's a business partnership is essentially a marriage. Mm. And most times people don't look at it as a marriage until they're in the marriage and they're like, oops, marry the wrong person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I fully, fully understand that because it almost takes on a different form in the relationship. Like when we were friends, like the topic, where like where do you want to hang out tonight what movie do you want to watch mm. or so on and so forth yeah whereas like when you're in a business it's like this is your baby and yeah. you're trying to make decisions based off of what you believe is personally right. the best but we never realized how different we really were totally. until you know we had to agree totally it was, it was a strange but also very interesting totally um, experience um i'm gonna give like a little side note just because 
it was such a powerful life experience for me too, having business partners and, and having that kind of connection with someone, which is just such a meaningful connection. Mm. And I just want to give a short little shout out to Spencer Anderson, who's my former business partner. I call him my brother now. Nice. He is amazing. And I'd say the relationship I had with him as my business partner taught me what it is to truly have someone's back and truly respect one another because we would sometimes hate one another like Mm. with all of our being like we you know because it's so hard to be in a business partnership and we would be furious at one another for whatever reason and never once did we disrespect one another we never screwed one another over so even on our darkest days where we just vehemently you know we still didn't hurt one another that to me I mean for lack of a bet that's why I call him my brother today because that is true like family I think that that's true love you know not in a romantic way of course like yeah just like the that defines respect Mm. no matter what and just acceptance no matter what Mm -hmm. defines love to me anyway I just had to no no absolutely absolutely you know when you find you know it's not just about business partners or friends or anything like that I, I personally think that uh, finding someone you can have a true relationship with is yeah. difficult. So if you can find someone who's, you know, you can respect and they can respect you and there's a loyalty and there's, yeah. there's you know, some kind of connection where it's like you can trust this person. Yeah. Like that's huge. Yeah. So. And he has the misfortune of now every time I have a question, I still go to him for advice. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> hey, you know what? It probably boosts his pride. Like, yeah, that's right. I know. So let's get back into your journey because I'm like in suspense over here. Okay. So you leave the tattoo shop. And then, and at this point, you'd only built a website. In the world of modern technology, we open our laptops, scroll endlessly on our smartphones, send tons of data to the cloud, and we don't think twice about it. But have you ever wondered how we got to now with our personal devices? What it took were teams of engineers and programmers who had the vision and audacity to build new machines. I'm Saranya Barak. Join me for an incredible new season of the podcast and keep on coding. Season four is airing now. Subscribe to Command Line Heroes today, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so you leave the tattoo shop, and then, and you, at this point, you'd only built a website. Yeah. Okay, so it's not actually and then. I actually, um, it was about two years into the tattoo shop, so we opened in 2011, and 2013, I was back at school. I was right. I registered at Ryerson University, and I was taking uh, part-time classes for computer science. Okay. Wait, but why? So two years in, I had pretty much realized that this isn't going to be 100% what I want to do. So No, but like how did you even know computer science? Like how did you Uh, pick that? To be honest with you, random. Stop. Seriously. I think I've said stop so many times. Like (laughs) it is so obvious I'm from Los Angeles. You randomly pick computers. (laughs) Like who does that? So actually there's a little bit of a backstory, but I would still say that it was a little bit random. So I feel like I need a secret egg to get into your store. You know, like those secret like clubs or raves where you have to bring an egg or like some code word. I feel like I need the code word to know the secrets of your story. Um, (laughs) um, You know, when, okay. So when I was a kid, yeah, I always believed 
to follow your heart. Yeah. I guess I was too much into the Disney movies. No, totally. I always, yeah. You know, felt like there was a little bit of magic in the world. hundred percent. I don't know if you want to call it our heart, our soul, our connection with the universe. Right. Depending on what perception you take at this, I feel like you really have to listen to what you think is best. Mm. And even if it's not, um, learn from it and keep yeah. going. So... When people told me I have to go to university and I have to get a degree when I graduated from high school, right. like I have to know what I want to do and I right. have to have a relationship and, you know, you have to get married. Right. It's like, no, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take my time, figure out what it is that I want. And it, it's not that I thought of this as a child, but it is kind of looking back. That's what I did. Yeah. So you take classes in engineering. Yes. And then what happens? And then I fall in love. So running the business, um, but yes, basically I fall in love. But running the business, I found With that engineering. Or you yes. le- legit fell in love. No. <laughs> okay. Nope. I'm like, where's the story going? <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Uh, relationships is a completely different story. Uh, that needs way more hacking. Okay. <laughs> okay, so, th- so then you fall in love with engineering. I do, I do. So um, basically the short end of the story is when I was running the business, it was, you know, a lot of management, a lot of arguing. It was a lot of um, customer service to some degree, you know, um, maintaining the clients. and The tattoo shop. Yes. Okay. Um, and then when I start taking computer science and mathematics, I'm I'm almost able to do everything myself. Yeah, you know, it's like it's in my head. It's the problems sure are on the paper, but you're solving them by your sense of understanding, right? I suppose. Yeah. So like the more you research and the more you understand, like there's no solution to your given problem, but by understanding specific topics, you can solve that problem. So I fell in love with that. You fell in love with problem solving. I fell in love with, okay. So the way I think of computer science is what I can imagine mentally, I can build physically. It's almost like an extension of your mind. Like, for example, a car is almost like an extension of your feet, where it's like it's moving you. Computer science is almost, in my mind, if I can think it, I'm computing something in my head, and computer science is almost like building that computation in the physical reality. The way you describe it is so epically magical. <laughs> that's, an, that's a great description. I haven't heard it that way. It's so true. But that's this is the story is is badass. And so okay, so then you've gone to school mm. and you've learned how to be a software engineer, at least from an educational standpoint. When did you start becoming hands on? Twenty thirteen, I'm in school part time. Twenty sixteen, I sell the business and I go to school full time. Twenty. How'd you pick the school? Uh, so Ryerson was pretty much close to my parents. And it offered night classes. Mm. So because I was still running the business, I needed something that was a little bit more flexible for what I want right. for my lifestyle at the time. And it was a little bit random in the sense that I ended up applying to like a few different things. And the first one I got back into was computer science. They were saying that there was still accepting applications for the program. For the school. For Ryerson, yeah. And okay, so you studied it. And then when was your first hands-on ah. experience? Yeah. So actually here. Um, oh, with NanoPay. Yeah. As soon as let's I get into it. How did you find it? What attracted you to the role, and why are you so madly in love with it now? Ah. So, what's interesting about NanoPay is, well, what got me first interested in NanoPay was actually our CTO, who uh, is Kevin Greer, who is an ex senior Google engineer who ended up developing his own framework 
And I thought that was really cool. But what was even cooler was the fact that we would be continuously working on this. So we would be actually doing PRs. Um, what does even PR stand for anymore? I think it was peer review. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All the PRs. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, to be honest with you, the terms always elude me. But that's why I like computer science, because it's like, it's not about the syntax. You know, we have linters that'll take care of, well, I mean, I guess in a Word document, you would also have like spell check and things like that. But, you know, it, it's more about conceptualizing the problem than it is about the specific terms. So for me, PR is just like, that's what we call it. What does it stand for? I, I don't remember. And how did you find it? The, the job opportunity? Um, online. I was applying. I was applying uh, before I even graduated to like random positions. I did actually have interviews with IBM and Amazon, but it's not that it's to say that I wasn't interested in other positions, but the opportunities of a startup all gives you the freedom. I feel like in a larger corporation, you're almost given a role and told to stick within that role. There's procedures and documentations and protocols as to what you can do and what you should be doing at specific levels. Mm -hmm. But in a startup company, you're almost given the opportunity to grow as far as you want. Like these roles are not defined. These procedures are not defined. Right. So, you know, you can take the reins and just go with it. Like, you know, you can work your ass off and make it to like manager and then have the company be a billion dollar company. And then like in you know, a few years, you have a really solid position. So the That's technology exciting. was interesting. The opportunity was interesting. And the fact that it's in Toronto, I love Toronto. When we started the interview, it was just really inspiring to see how connected you feel to your role here. Mm. What is that driver? What's making you feel that way? I like what it is that I do. So it's uh, really, honestly, it comes down to being able to have a problem and being able to solve it. It's almost like little victories every single day, um, even more victories. I, I completed three bugs yesterday. And when you're starting a bug and you're getting a ticket, you really don't know what the problem is. And then you work through it. And at some point, you're going to sit down and be like, I hate this goddamn thing. It's like, sorry to be swearing, but it's just, it, it's super frustrating because you know that you should know this, or at least you should be able to solve it. And yet the, the problem or the solution eludes you. And then you solve it. And it's like, it's just, it's a great feeling of being able to do something. I feel like there's almost like an immediate reward. One thing that it's kind of relatable in terms of mathematics is that there's always an answer. You know, one plus one is going to equal two. Whether you get the right answer or not, there is a solution. So in computer science, I most feel it's relatable in the sense that, like, if you have a solution, you'll, you'll know it. It either works or it doesn't. It's not marketing, for example, where you have something where it's like, it is great. It's a great piece of advertising, but you don't know for sure if it's going to succeed. There's so many random variables that totally. could interrupt. And so disrupt. annoying. <laughs> you have to test all the angles. And you know what? Sometimes it's just about luck. And what are you supposed to do? Right. Totally. It's, but in computer science, it's not like that. You know, it's like you have a problem and you can solve it. There is a solution. And then once you find it, it's like, Yes. Feel great. And just so everybody knows, a bug is a glitch in the code and a ticket is being assigned the bug mm -hmm. so that you could start problem solving. Absolutely. Yeah. So actually, you want to know an interesting historical fact about where bugs come from? Yes. Bugs as in bugs in code. Bugs in code. Yeah. So if I'm not mistaken, so originally computers were the size of a room, a building. 
So debugging software back in the day actually came quite literally from taking bugs out of the circuitry. And that's where debugging came from. Oh, like literal bugs. Literal bugs. I did not know that. Yeah. That's crazy. Fun times. So two last questions before we start to wrap up. Kind of three. Three, like a little (laughs) bonus question. First question I like to ask is, what's one huge obstacle that you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? That's tricky because I feel like Life is always handing you about a thousand different things, and I don't look at them as obstacles. I look at them as just life being life. So if you're asking me, like, one specific event, it's... I would say the biggest heartbreak recently was my dog passing away. And even before that, I had another dog, and he passed away. I mean, those broke my heart in ways that you can't replace. But, you know, challenges in life are just continuous and constant. It's part of what makes things things. Totally. I, I've experienced that loss too. And that is definitely a huge obstacle Mm -hmm. to overcome. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I appreciate your vulnerability with sharing that. Mm. What's one of the best pieces of advice that you've gotten? Hmm. Stay true to yourself. Keep going. Don't give up. Just, you know, follow your heart. You know, honestly, because life's way too short. You should be doing what you want to do. Don't let anything stand your way. And last question, what is your favorite tech tool, hardware, or mobile app, software, website, Google search? (laughs) You know that site, like, Spencer sends it to me all the time. Like, if I ask a question that I should be Googling, what is it? I can't remember. It's like a joke site. It's like, you should have Googled that. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. Oh, my gosh. I will find it, and we'll include it in the show notes. One thing I will tell you, though, is that, like, Growing up, I remember, you know, if you wanted to have some sort of knowledge, you would go to the library and do some research. And today, I pick up my phone and I Google search it. The knowledge is right there in front of you. You just have to take the time to do it. And that's why I love it. Because, you know, anything you want is right there. I love it. And have you been on a podcast before? Never. This is the first of many to come. Thank you so much. And where can people connect with you online? Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, email. Um, yeah, completely. I have Twitter. I have LinkedIn. I have Instagram. Most of the time, I'm actually just following other people. So, like, what is my account? We are know. looking it up right now. We I, are on her Instagram, and she's paying attention to the Raptors who just won. Ooh, Raptors. And where's, love them. where's your handle, your name? Okay, so you just go to A-N-N-A-D-V-A-S-H-I on Instagram. For any Persians out there, it's Anna D. Vashi. And Vashi was actually something my parents used to call me, which means wild. So, Are you wild, Anna? I, well, <laughs> they called me the black sheep. So like I said, I kind of follow my heart. So it's like I don't like I do what I think is right. And I love it. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. If you want to connect and collaborate with more amazing women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Takes you straight there. To say hello on social, go to at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. I'm Anna Dolechai with NanoPay. NanoPay is a fintech company startup who's going to take over the world in digital transactions. I'm a software engineer here. We're based in Toronto, Canada, and you are listening to Women in Tech. I'd like to tell you about an all-new season of Command Line Heroes, a podcast presented by Red Hat. 
No one ever said hardware was easy. In Season 4, Command Line Heroes is telling seven special stories about people and teams who dared to change the rules of hardware and, in the process, changed how we all interact with technology. In the world of modern technology, we open our laptops, scroll endlessly on our smartphones, send tons of data to the cloud, and we don't think twice about it. But have you ever wondered how we got to now with our personal devices and what it took to get here? There was this blue box on a table, and he said, well, here it is. I said, well, what is it? He said, it's a microcomputer. What it took were teams of engineers and programmers who had the vision and audacity to build new machines. These machines, they revolutionized our lives and blew the doors open to what was possible. How many people here had a computer versus how many people intended to get one? Only one or two people actually had them. And they would bring them to the club meeting. What are you going to do with it? And nobody had an answer. The key thing about time sharing was that the computer needed some way of being able to sort of stop its own clock. The uh, creators of the floppy drives are not household names by any means. If it wasn't for that, PCs would have been adopted much more slowly. This January 28th, we launched season four of Command Line Heroes, an original podcast from Red Hat. And this season, it's all about the hardware. We'll hear the stories behind some iconic machines and the people who dared to create them. I was the kid that always took things apart, took my older sister's toys apart. This is just another bag on the side of the eclipse, a skin job. Nope, this is a whole new machine. The process of passing the tapes around and encouraging and building upon each other's results is really what made the personal computer industry. We're exploring mini computers, mainframes, the first personal computers, floppies, early smartphones, and game consoles. And we're also going to hear how the community ethos that drove those early hardware heroes to build those machines still exists today in the open source hardware movement. The values of sharing are still there. I mean, it's in the entire open source community. The machine, in a way, was kind of a bit character. It was the people who were the real guts of what it was about. I'm Saranyat Barak. Join me for an incredible new season of the podcast. And keep on coding. So thank you, and uh, eat your sandwiches. Season 4 is airing now. Subscribe to Command Line Heroes today, wherever you get your podcasts. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.